0: You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon and buy our official merchandise on Redbubble. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps, Entry 36, On Red Road, Singapore. Neil orders the next round of drinks. Another tea for himself and another copio for me. After sharing his last story about his late uncle Terence's time at the old police academy down on Onred Road, he asks if we could take a short break. I love these stories, but they can have a bit of an emotional toll sometimes, you know? He says, looking just a little warier, but still smiling pleasantly. As our drinks arrive, he switches the topic and asks if I've heard the rumours circulating around about me. Rumours? I respond, perplexed. He laughs and says, I told you, you're getting quite the reputation, but no one really knows much about you. You're just the collector of ghost stories. I hesitantly ask what sort of rumours he's heard. He tells me that more than a few people think... I'm either a ghost myself or an entity that's not of this world. Some people think you're just collecting these to make listicles, Neil says with a shrug. I ask him what listicles are, but he only responds with an even heartier laugh. Seemingly recovered from the toll of his last story, Neil says that he's ready to talk about Terence's other experience at On Red Road. So, I switched the recorder back on and asked him to start from the beginning. A month had passed since a ghostly apparition had terrorized Terence's bunkmate, Peter. In that time, Terence and his fellow cadets had started to focus, mostly, on their training again. Everyone in those quarters had grown closer their bonds only strengthened by their brush with the supernatural. They even began to have a nightly routine to build up their camaraderie. A couple of the cadets had snuck decks of playing cards into camp. After lights out, one of them would start a game of poker or blackjack while another would challenge his friends to tighty. They had been warned by the officers a couple of times, of course, especially when they'd get so engrossed in their games that they started hooting and howling, either in joy or defeat. But they never got into any serious trouble, especially since word had spread among the officers about what had happened to them. One night, however, while a couple of games were going on, Terence and the rest of their cadets were shocked out of their revelry by a booming yell. Terence stepped out of their quarters into the barracks corridor. He looked down to see a lone officer in his late 40s standing in the freshly cut grassy field below staring up at him. His uniform was pristine almost unnaturally so. The only thing that seemed to break this illusion was that it stretched slightly over the older man's prominent paunch. Terence wanted to laugh at the officer's sizable gut, but stopped himself when he caught the look in the man's eyes. It wasn't just mean, it was malicious, even evil. Neil tells me. The officer yelled out that it was well past lights out. Terence tried to tell him that he understood and they were all sorry, but the officer didn't seem interested in hearing him out. Instead, he started storming purposefully up the stairs of the barracks towards their quarters. Maybe it's because Terence couldn't hear another sound aside from the men's fast-approaching footsteps, not even the usually noisy crickets in the surrounding forests or the leaves of the trees rustling in the wind. Maybe it was just his imagination, but he could have sworn that every step the officer took, every clack of his shoes against the stairs' dull concrete, sounded as loud as thunder. Terence rushed back into their quarters something told him that he needed to not just close their door but lock it the other cadets asked him which officer it was but Terence just shook his head it wasn't any officer he'd seen before and he wasn't even sure if it was human and as soon as he locked the door he heard someone or something bang against it. Unless he happened to be deceptively stronger than he seemed, the bang was louder and more forceful than anyone in the officer's physical state could manage. Whatever was outside their door demanded that they open up. Another bang, even louder than before. Some of the cadets tried to apologize, but they were only met with a guttural, almost beastly growling and more banging against the door. The thing that sounded like the officer demanded that they open up again, but its voice started to distort, almost like whatever it was had stopped trying to disguise its true nature. Terence, fearful that it would soon power its way in, braced himself against the door. Immediately, his bunkmate Peter leapt up and joined him, followed by more and more of the cadets. While some pushed back against the assault at the door, others cried out the windows for help. After what felt like hours to Terence, lights in the neighbouring buildings began to flip on over the creatures distorted growls the cadets heard their officers the ones whose voices they did recognize rushing towards their barracks the banging started to die down and soon whatever had been trying to get in had gone but still Terence, Peter and the other cadets continued to brace themselves against the door they didn't let up. Not until they heard the familiar voice of their commanding officer yell, Bloody hell, what's going on here? Neil tells me that even though Terence described the man perfectly to his officers, no one could identify who the would-be assailant was. I asked Neil if his officer called in the same person who had helped them deal with their previous encounter. They did, he says. But by that point, everyone figured it was safer to just move the cadets out to another barrack. And as far as Terrence could tell, no more cadets occupied those quarters for the rest of his time at the academy. Neil tells me that he has even more stories of the supernatural from his family, but says that those stories will have to wait. Give Dad time to get used to sharing these, he says. And the fact that he's told you this many already is pretty amazing. I tell Neil that it's fine and that I'm grateful for everything his family has shared so far. He stands up and shakes my hand firmly. It's good to see you, he says. Hopefully we won't have to wait another year to meet up again. I agree. Then add, with just a slight smirk, that the next time we catch up, you better tell me what a listicle is. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media at Are Huntu. You can also buy official merchandise on Redbubble and be one of our supporters on Patreon. Ghost Maps is recorded on Audio-Technica Mics. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec-Murray. And I'm Lear President.